Good morning. Welcome to our weekly podcast, Tea Time with Tommy. It's where we take a few minutes and share a cup of tea together, and I'm hopefully able to give encouragement as we look at different scriptures and devotional thoughts. Today's podcast is brought to you by Cranberry Pomegranate Herbal Tea. Cranberries aren't just for Thanksgiving. The delightful cranberry and pomegranate aromas dance in your cup. And these blended flavors on a rooibos base added with hibiscus gives a slight tart finish. From brewing to sipping, this tea will make your spirits bright and ready for the colorful fall season. So sit back with your cup of tea and relax for these few minutes together as we listen to where this week's podcast will take us. Good morning. A warm teacup welcome to all those who are joining in with us today. I hope that you've gotten you something cozy to drink and you're able to spend these few minutes together as we continue to walk through the book of Esther. And let me go off script real quick and just say how much I am enjoying digging into the book of Esther. Uh, I was sharing today with Becca that I'll certainly have a sermon series preaching through Esther, uh, probably taken from some of these tea times that we share together, but it is so encouraging to read through this book, and again, uh, a very unique book uh, in the midst of our scriptures. But as you will, of course, remember uh, where we left off in chapter 3 with Haman and uh, Ahasuerus, uh, if you read through the entire uh, chapter, they were having a drink, and Haman was believing that he had set the date for the annihilation of the Jewish people, and the king, not realizing that he is being used as a pawn, feels kingly because he has made another decree. As we read today, I I want to encourage you with this thought. Don't be a spectator. Be a participant. It's a rather lengthy passage that I want to read today, but in chapter 4 of Esther, I'm going to start with verse 7 and read through the end of the chapter, and we'll dig in. So Esther chapter 4, verse 7, And Mordecai told him all that had happened to him, and the sum of money that Haman had promised to pay into the king's treasuries to destroy the Jews. He also gave him a copy of the written decree for their destruction, which was given at Shushan, that he might show it to Esther and explain it to her, and that he might command her to go into the king to make supplication to him and plead before him for her people. And so Hathak returned and told Esther the words of Mordecai. And then Esther spoke to Hathak and gave him a command for Mordecai. All the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces know that any man or woman who goes into the inner court to the king who has not been called, he has but one law, put all to death, except the one to whom the king holds out the golden scepter that he may live. Yet I myself have not been called to go into the king these thirty days. And so they told Mordecai Esther's words, and Mordecai told them to answer Esther. Do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. 
Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, Go, gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan and fast from me. Neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will fast likewise. And so I will go to the king, which is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. And so Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther commanded him. Notice here in chapter 4, we find the first words of Esther recorded. All that we have previously seen about her, her beauty, her demeanor, her desire to please, uh, her respect for Mordecai, and how she obviously obtains favor from all that she comes in contact with. We've seen all these things through the eyes of the author, but now she is a participant in the conversation. And we are revealed her character during a most difficult situation, or if you will, a pressure uh, from the world. Let me draw your attention back to exactly what's at stake here. Uh, certain uh, definitive numbers <clears throat> are uncertain, but the estimated numbers that there were as many as 15 million Jews living throughout the Persian Empire during this time. The Persian Empire, one of the largest ever uh, known, to, <clears throat> known to man throughout this time. And with so many of the citizens fasting and weeping and wailing as Mordecai did, we didn't read all of that, but if you read the whole chapter, you'll see. Uh, you'll see that it's hard to exaggerate the devastating impact of this decree that uh, Ahasuerus has handed down. And while Ahasuerus and Haman were sitting there drinking, the city of Susa was thrown into confusion, uh, as we saw, uh, or perplexed, I think is the word, in the New King James that we saw at the end of chapter 3. And this news spread throughout the kingdom, and daily life was disrupted at, at every level, really. And Mordecai's cries were being echoed by these millions of Jews in every town and village. Now, <clears throat> the practice of torn cloths and sackcloth and ashes, uh, that's an outward sign of grieving to, um, to us modern readers today. Uh, such a strong display might seem awkward or even embarrassing, but Mordecai's behavior was more than that uncontrollable outburst of emotion. It was a symbolic act of humiliation. It was a repentance towards God. As I discussed, to don't be a spectator, but to be a participant. Warren Wiersbe has a quote. It goes like this, As great doors can swing upon small hinges, so great events can turn upon the deeds of small and sometimes anonymous people. Well, in order for that quote to be true, we've got to stop spectating and become participants. The turn of events that brought Esther, this young Jewess, into the position of the Queen of Persia could certainly have only been orchestrated by God himself. But it's through her intervention at this critical time in the history of the nation that the literal lineage of Christ himself has been spared. Now be mindful, Esther's role was not deliverer. 
but to act faithfully and with confidence in God. She had a choice. Her first answer was seemingly, no, no, let me not do that because if I'm to go in without being called, the one law is put all to death. And Mordecai reminded her that God's promises will be fulfilled, as we talked about last week. But he also said, Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Esther became a participant. We heard her voice in chapter 4, and her second response to Mordecai was, I will. I encourage you today to be ready and willing, just as Queen Esther, to carry out the work of our Heavenly Father. He has prepared it before us, even when the task might seem difficult or to us seemingly impossible. Hear the words. For who knows whether you have come to this kingdom, to this world, to this time, to this place for such a time as this. Don't be a spectator. Be a participant. Thank you again for joining us on this week's podcast, Tea Time with Tommy, as we continue to walk through the book of Esther, chapter 4 today, where Esther becomes a participant. Don't be a spectator. Be a participant in all of the blessings that the Lord has for you. I look forward to hosting you again next week on Tea Time with Tommy. But until then, may your cup overflow with his blessings.